How's it going, Odd People? You are listening to the Odd People Podcast, and I am your host, Matt the Cat. Today is episode number 67, and with me today is Bethany and Hannah from Heart Charged. They're advocates for the heart community. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, girls. How are you? Hi, we're good. (laughs) So I have Bethany and Hannah from Heart Charged. Uh, Can can you guys just introduce yourselves and um, so the listeners know can put a a voice to who they're who's talking? Yeah. So this weird accent belongs to Hannah. Um, So I'm Hannah. I'm 23 years old. I'm currently um, attending film school in Orlando, Florida. I have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy or HCM, which we can kind of get to in a bit. And I have um, an implanted defibrillator that has shocked me four times. Um, and I'm a survivor of sudden cardiac arrest and wow. a Slytherin. I'll just throw that in. So it's not all medical. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Bethany. I'm older than Hannah. I just graduated this um, well, actually, last May with my degree in dance. What else? Um, I also have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. I have um, an implantable defibrillator, and mine's different than Hannah's. It sticks out a lot on my side, and I'm a Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to throw that in there. I'm Matt, and I have no idea what house I would belong in. Oh, Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> so uh hannah you mentioned your um accent where, where are you guys from so oh yeah i guess so we are originally from miami florida but this accent i literally get all and people ask me all the time like it's funny because they'll hesitate to be like um quick question so like where are you from and then i'll tell them they're like but where are you originally from right. you know so it's i've gone all over russia i've gone like france i've gotten south africa yeah, yeah so it's 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 like my own type of accent not because i created it i just <laughs> i don't know spoke always like this but yeah there's a little bit miami you can probably hear in our in fluctuation if we say like oh my gosh or something yeah, like <laughs> yeah, but, I'm, a, yeah. I'm up in massachusetts so i have my own strange accent oh, yeah. and, I, <laughs> and i grew up on the border of rhode island so you know uh they have their own accent there and people from Boston have a very thick accent and they go, yeah, really from, you know, where you live now. (laughs) And I say, no. Um, (laughs) So February's heart month. And I don't normally have people on that have like an agenda or uh, a mission like you guys do. Uh, I normally talk to artists, musicians, and uh, people that are strictly creative, but it is nice to have people like you guys on and, um, so I don't even think I can say what you have wrong. <laughs> the the the, uh, the heart issue that you guys have. What's what's it called again? Hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. 
Okay, so uh, those are the only two big words we know. Yeah. So, uh, what is that exactly for uh, for the listeners and me? Because I don't know what it is either. Yeah. So it's um, a genetic heart condition, and what happens is your left ventricle wall in your heart is um, thicker. So when blood is pumping into your heart, especially during um, just when your heart is beating fast during exercise and such, since that wall is so thick and every time it takes a beat, that wall is so thick, you're getting less blood circulating in the heart, which then can lead you to go into sudden cardiac arrest. And mm. if you don't get the right help, which could lead to die. So um, there is no cure for hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Um, there's only medical interventions that we can take. So we both take beta blockers. We both have mm -hmm. implantable defibrillators. And now... Um, most recently, they have talked about us needing maybe heart transplants um, in uh, a couple of years, like down the line, just because for us, we thought, okay, like the, our defibrillators were the end all kind of. Yeah. Um, then they were like, no, your heart is, you guys have been seeing heart failure specialists, like your heart is failing, it's constantly working, it can't keep yeah. up with the wear and tear, and being how young we are and living with this condition and stuff. And then when you look at it in that light, you're like, oh, well, that makes sense. Our heart is constantly working, but it's working harder than everybody else's because right. it's just how it is. Right. Yeah, I was born with uh, tetra Tetralogy of Fellow. So mm -hmm. I had heart surgery when I was two months old and I've dealt with it my whole life. I'm on the luckier side where I didn't have to have a, a boatload of um, surgeries and I don't take a lot of medicine. You know, I know some people like uh, our, our friend Stuart, he's gone through a lot <laughs> with a common friend. Um, he's gone through a lot and he takes a lot of medicine. So, you know, uh, when did you guys find out you had this? Were you, were you, was it like your whole life? Did you know it from a young age? No. So that's the thing with um, a hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, or we'll just say HCM now since it's such a mouthful. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so with HCM, it's asymptomatic. And HCM is also the number one. Um, well, sudden cardiac arrest is the number one killer of student athletes, but it's mostly hmm. due because um, the kids who you hear of like dropping dead on the field unexpectedly. Um, it's usually they have an underlying heart condition and usually right. that condition is HCM. Um, and so we both found out when we were in high school, I was entering freshman year. Um, so I was about 14 and then Bethany was 17. Um, we just, we got checked because so HCM is a genetic heart condition, hence why we both have it. Yeah. Um, and our aunt, my mom's sister found out she had it. Um, late in her life, which was crazy because she had open heart surgery, valve replacements. Um, but it's HCM is different in everyone. And you'll see like in my and Bethany's case. Um, and so my aunt found out and then to get even an appointment with a good pediatric cardiologist, it took several months. And my mom decided to have me. We have, which we didn't say in the introduction, Bethany is seven and I am number eight of nine children. Wow. The same mom. <laughs> um we're the lucky ones because we're the only ones who have hcm um but yeah so my mom decided to have me checked out of everyone and i found out that i had it um yeah. and that kind of pushed everyone else to get it and then we were able to get appointments for the other siblings especially bethany and then she found out a week later that she also had hcm wow. i just had it the most severe out of everyone mm -hmm. and so as bethany said like she did her 
degree in dance and all that stuff is she could still do physical activity because as you hear like people dropping dead and yeah like obviously everybody knows your heart beats faster when you exercise when you exert yourself and so I was told right then and there in that doctor's office at the end of my appointment like yeah no so you were playing basketball and you were dancing you need to stop that right now like literally right now because my doctor which I would never play poker with her because she said (laughs) she was like oh did I have a good poker face on because when you were telling me all this physical activity that you're doing just like months prior to this appointment I'm surprised that you didn't drop dead like all those other kids that I read when I did the research on HCM and so that was kind of jolting in the sense of like I'm being told as someone who's starting high school who's trying to figure out what they want to do with their life like oh all the stuff that I had like previous experience in and then I thought about doing I have to stop doing it right away but I found my passion in filmmaking and was able to you know like it was the kind of the path that I needed to go and to be able to still do my talents and stuff in a different way yeah that's uh that must have been life-changing to hear that news right then and there. And that's yeah, crazy. No, never forget it. No. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was told my whole life, no, no sports, no contact sports, especially. Oh, so, yeah. I, yeah. So I never played any sports. I picked up guitar. Me and that's what me, one of the things me and Stuart have in common. We picked up an instrument <laughs> when we were teenagers because we couldn't keep up. <laughs> but, uh, how about you, Bethany? Did they tell you that you can't continue doing uh, the things you were doing? So um, it was crazy kind of how it happened for me. So it was my senior year of high school and I just got asked to be a part of um, a pre-professional dance program with uh, a Miami City Ballet, a, a ballet company in Miami. And so that meant that I would be training eight hours plus a day, six days a week, and I would have to be homeschooled. So I went for it. A one week into the program is when we get our diagnosis and um, telling our amazing pediatric cardiologist, well, this is what I love to do. This is what I'm doing. I just kind of like dropped out of school in a sense to like pursue this. And she said, okay, well, um, we're going to immediately put you on the beta blockers and then we're just going to like do some tests. So I would go show up to dance class. Like, and if you know, like ballerinas, they're wearing like little leotard and tights and I'd show up with a big heart halter, like stuck to my chest and all these wires coming out. And I'm super embarrassed. I know nothing about this condition. And people are asking me like, why do you have that on? And I'm like, Oh, just think the doctor wanted to check like no big deal. Like I'm totally fine. So I did that for a lot of, lot of years. Um, just like, you know, I, I did the heart halters that last for a whole month, the heart halters for 24 hours, 48 hours, did all of that. Um, and they would see a little here and there, like up my medicine, but like nothing too crazy to have me stop dance. So I then went to college for dance and such. And then about four years ago, I had a few random, just like passing out episodes that came out of nowhere and unfortunately um like one of the times nobody was around me it was like in the bathroom so um nobody knew how long I was out and so that made my cardiologist at the time want to put the implantable defibrillator and the whole thing was well now that we're putting it in you we're gonna allow you to continue to dance stay physical but it's always something that we have to watch and then my most 
uh, last cardiologist appointment, they're like, yeah, like you can keep up with like the dance and the yoga and exercising. Um, but like, don't do anything that's gonna like exert your heart or anything that's like adrenaline based or like anything that's gonna make it flutter. You're like, oh, okay. Like, so then that comes with its own like territory and mm. stuff. So yeah, so fun. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like no fun. You're like, oh, okay. Got it. Um, so yeah. So that's still like a game that I'm trying to figure out. I don't think it's going to maybe last forever that I can continue to like probably exert myself. Cause like just recently I filmed um, a video of me like dancing for a friend and I'm like, there like doing like a jump sequence. And, I'm, like, <sighs> and he's like, I love that. Like when you're all exhausted, can I get that on tape? And I'm over here. Like, I think I'm like, my heart is like beating through my chest. Like I'm not okay, but yeah, yeah sure. Like film that on tape. Sure. But um, <laughs> it just comes with yeah. the, having the condition. <laughs> right. So so the internal defibrillator. So is that work just like an AED? Exactly. I, I have at work, I have to have like CPR training and AED training and stuff. So okay. oh, I have, awesome. I have an understanding of how the AED works. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's basically just a mini AED that's wired to yeah. your heart. So it's like, well, they lied to you like, it's the size of a silver coin. First of all, you're like, who like, nobody knows like a silver coin off memory, but like that's what the old doctors would say. Yeah. But um, they're like a good size, like mine is smaller than Bethany's. Um, mine is Medtronic, which is a big, you know, um, biomedical, you know, company. Bethany's is Boston Scientific, um, but they both do the same sort of thing. So it's a small device that has either one lead or two leads um, that mm -hmm. connect the device. Mine is, what is the word? Oh, intravenous. Yeah, intravenous, which means it's it, the lead goes inside my heart. So I um, okay. all those words goes inside my heart. <laughs> my best is subcutaneous, which means the wires go around her heart. Oh. Um, with Bethany's, because she's more physically active, um, that's why she has that one. It was it was hard because it's like both and I got mine just a year after I got diagnosed because my muscle, my heart muscle, the thickness had gotten increased just within that month, which I think do with like puberty and growing. Obviously, right, your heart right. is a muscle, it's gonna grow as well as you. Um, it got to the point where I qualified because of the thickness to get an implantable defibrillator. Um but it was funny because me and Bethany would like argue because we'd be like, well, mine's better because this and yours is better. And we, but it was hard because it like almost felt like, wait, do I have a crappy device? Like I'm supposed, supposed to be a life-saving device. And you're over here telling me that yours does this and that. And I'm like, ah. But we found that like it fit both of our, our situations, you know, for what it needed to be. I mean, mine definitely works because it's gone off. But yeah, so I've got my yeah. money's worth for sure because it's not a, yeah, so, a cheap piece of metal. <laughs> so you've already, have you both been, um, I don't know. Shocked, I, yeah, yeah. Shocked, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you've both had that happen though? technically mine doesn't really count it was just during surgery they have to basically stop my heart and then make sure that the device right. worked so they restarted it yeah. so I was kind of gone <laughs> at that point but yeah. Hannah's like real incidents that her heart really? did beat really fast yeah because what happens with um like your implantable defibrillators is a normal AED you know when you put the pads on and it's calculating your heart rhythm to shock it Mm -hmm. What happens is they have to, the doctors go in and set a threshold for you. So that okay. threshold is like how 
how fast they think, like to the point where they think your heart can get before it needs a shock. So like, for example, my threshold is set, set at like 240 beats per minute. Mind you, wow. I did some testing for them to find that number and to think, okay, that's the number where her heart immediately, like there's no blood, like it's not working. It's got to get back down. Like that's too high. Um, I think Hannah's is... Mine's been upped and lowered. And yeah, like around the similar. But like 220, I yeah, think, yeah. because okay. like I have more like ventricular tachycardia, which is like irregular heartbeats. See all mm -hmm. these fancy words that you're not yeah. learning. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like, or like whenever you hear tachycardia, like irregular heartbeats. And so yeah. because of that, mine, like with, yeah, same, like it gets, <laughs> it gets dangerous and your heart's not beating when it's like the yeah. way it's supposed to. Um, so they lowered it, but um actually it was six months after i had gotten my um defibrillator implanted which was like april of 2015 um six months later in october i got shocked and it happened like back to back because the first shock wasn't powerful enough which you'll see also with regular aed sometimes like it right. didn't get your heart to your heartbeat so it sends another electrical shock um and so I had to be shocked twice because I had went into sudden cardiac arrest. My heart rate went from 50 beats to 256 beats per minute. And wow. that point, like if you try to count, you couldn't even count that fast at that point, your right. heart's not beating. It's just shaking or fibrillating in your chest. Yeah. But I was unaware I got shocked because I went, I was sleeping. It was happening at like 3.30 in the morning. And Jeez. so I went unconscious and like the shocks later on a year, a year and a half later, I did experience getting shocked alive you know like conscious yeah actually while i was performing um a lip sync for celine celine dion's all by myself which is very okay. bizarre incident in its own <laughs> um but yeah like it does it does hurt but like it's quick you know it's like one boom shock to you for yeah. me it felt like I always explain it like somebody hitting like a home run hit with like a sledgehammer. Like it just knocked the wind out of you. And people have told me, cause I actually have a video if they, if people want to check it out, it's on our Instagram at heart charged or on um, heart charged YouTube. Um, because when I would give presentations, no one had a video of somebody getting shocked when implanted with a defibrillator yeah. cause that's something you prepare to videotape for because <laughs> you don't know when it's going to happen. But luckily right. I was performing and it happened and People didn't even notice it in the audience because I mean, I'm kind of a spaz if you can tell because you're watching us in video. Yeah. <laughs> um, so people, you know, it like happened all of a sudden. But when I talk to people, like friends through the heart community, through our heart church community, they're like, how did you keep standing? Like I had to take a knee or like I fell and stuff because it really, it knocks the wind out of you. People really? also describe it like a horse kicking you in the chest. Like it is a very strong, powerful, like, you see in the TV shows where it like literally lifts your chest up, you know, like it does, you know, give you a good punch <laughs> to, you know, your heart and chest area. So, wow. Um, but it's something you can survive. Like the jolt is way better than, you know, the other outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so the last time I had heart surgery, so I'm a, a little older than you guys. Um, my last heart surgery was 10 years ago. And I was 28 and they had wires wired. I, I was wired <laughs> where the, the, uh, you know, wires were touching my heart so they could jumpstart me so that I kind of in the same boat as Bethany, where 
it was, you know, not so much testing me, but bringing me back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think one, one of the most painful things, or the only painful thing of the whole uh, operating procedure was when they pulled the wires out. I won't describe Ooh. it too much because if anybody's queasy, it's not cool. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. So uh, who inspired you guys to uh, put yourselves out there and advocate for, you know, people with heart conditions and uh, HCM and what, what made you want to put yourselves out there? I think it was kind of ourselves, like each other. We um, only in the sense is when Hannah and I were both diagnosed and we were going through this process, we, we had each other to lean on, you know, and we yeah. just like kind of, kind of how we compared defibrillators and we talked about that and we've, we've had the same medication and Hannah's gone on different medication. And, you know, we've been like, we, we have the same condition, but it's so different, but we had each other at the end of the day to always like look at each other and be like, Hey, some days we're just exhausted and we don't feel good. Or do you know what it feels like when you're just sitting there and your heart is like beating out of your chest and it's like running at like 150 beats per minute. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I had that last week. <laughs> so it was so nice to have each other. And then we started thinking, we're like, well, what about if we could use the power of the social media to meet others like us, to show others that we're not alone because we had each other, but we still felt alone. We still were thinking because when you look at the statistics, it's one in 100 uh, babies have a ge uh, genetic or a heart condition at birth mm -hmm. and one in three um, hundred kids have an undiagnosed heart condition, you know, that they didn't know about. And it's just crazy to me. And I'm like, well, these numbers are huge. There's got to be more people out there. So how can we do this? How can we find more people? And then suddenly we started this Instagram page two years ago and the people we've met has just been absolutely inspiring and beautiful to us. And they're the ones that inspire us to keep going to keep bringing awareness and you hear the stories of the kids that didn't make it and that just tears you apart but you see the parents that are still fighting and then you see the other people that are going through the same things as you or like even harder things and you're like oh my gosh and you just look up to them so I think it was just a mixture yeah and I think when she talks to other people who didn't make it like we since we've been diagnosed we've been advocating for people to get their heart screened we've been talking about our story and sharing it because it's not in the sense of like survivor's guilt, but it's almost like survivor's, not pr pride is too of like a kind of like yeah. a denoting word, but like almost like it's like survivor's gratitude. Like right. I feel so grateful to be here, to be alive and to know that this is so preventable that you're if by a trained professional could detect right. this with a simple 15 minute screening with like an, an electrocardiogram, which is for those listening, like that gets your heartbeat, mm -hmm. um, that they could detect it through that type of screening. And then obviously like get you better when you do further testing, like an echocardiogram or an ultrasound is yeah. really where they can really like measure the growth, especially for HCM. That's really where they can tell um, in that. And so it's just that survivor's gratitude of like, wow, like I, it's sad to see kids my age go unexpectedly and to have that, those families go through that and to know like, hey, like I should keep spreading this word so people know about it because I don't want to lose anybody. And we talk a lot too, like we'll donate AEDs and we're like, we hope no one uses this. Like, we hope you don't have right. this, but we want you to know, like, that's why we made this community is like, when it does happen, because statistically wise, there are people who it's going to happen to, is that you have a community to come to and you'll see throughout. 
I mean, you probably felt it too. It's like, it's hard because it's invisible. It's an internal thing. And people don't, you know, where they're like, you seem normal and stuff. And they ask questions. And especially when you're very young, you want to fit in. You don't want to stand too out um, of the crowd, especially for things that make you seem like weaker or Mm -hmm. extremely more different. And so we just wanted to make sure that we had that community that we felt when we came home, that we had each other, that there was a community when people did find out they had it is that they had that patient to patient support of people that were like, we get it, welcome, like, welcome home, we get it, like, we totally can relate or find people who, and that's, I think, the beauty, too, of orchestrating that now we've just reached 5,000 followers, is that if we don't know, there's people in the community who are so willing to, like, and that's, I think, loving to see is, like, people in our community meeting each other and help, you know, and then it's so beautiful that it's, like, wow, like, we were able to just be a part of that to be able to help people find each other to really relate to that condition because there are many heart conditions you know mm-hmm. we just have one of it um but it always warms our heart when someone does have hcm because then it almost you 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 like anybody you unite in a way that you no one else can get because you're like oh, okay like yeah. your heart like okay we understand it's too thick you know <laughs> it's too big <laughs> See, I think it's a wonderful thing that you guys are doing this. You know, I grew up in the in a time before social media. I didn't know anybody that had a heart condition, let alone the same one as me. So, you know, when I had to not go to school because I was in the hospital or I had to come to school with a heart monitor on, it was like just that what you what you said about, you know, people, you're just being judged by especially kids it's not fun oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. I, at one point I had a heart monitor that was not much different than a Fitbit you know uh, it was like a watch and it was huge it was probably meant for an adult <laughs> so I'm this little scrawny kid walking around with this giant watch and I you know I had friends calling it my Batman watch it's like well it's like a Batman watch is it you could you shoot stuff out of it you know they had no idea that I had a heart. I'm all, well, it's a heart monitor. And, you know, at the time I think I was having, you know, my heart, my heart was uh, acting erratically. So I was supposed to hold a button down and record mm. like an EKG, you, yeah, know, yeah. you know? So yeah. I grew up with that whole, you know, really the feeling of having nobody, although, they, you know, like you said, there's so many people with so many different heart issues. I could have been surrounded. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. But it was an interesting conversation I had with uh, Stuart. We're about the same age. We're cl- close in age. And he grew up in a smaller community than me. From w- what he told me is everybody knew. I kind of grew up the opposite way. <laughs> like only my family knew. I was embarrassed to say anything. I was didn't want to look weak. I didn't want to be left mm-hmm. out. I didn't want to be picked last. You know, that yeah. that. So there's a big, there's a really big stigma when, when you have something wrong with you, that's not visible. Yeah. And I think it's wonderful what you guys are doing because it really, it, it, I think it would help. It helps. <laughs> I think it helps, um, you know, psychologically for a lot of people just to, just to see and to know there are so many people out there. <laughs> Sure, no, and um, cat? <laughs> yeah, yes, this is Tess. So now, if you hear that meowing in this audio, okay. it's cool. I, I thought you were saying like one of your siblings or 
<laughs> no, no, somebody to get out of there. Shut up. Yeah. You can say that. She's nosy. She's like, what's going on? Um, but no, just like as you were saying, um, I think definitely even before Heart Charged became Heart Charged, um, um, a girl had reached out to me on my own personal Instagram page and she she's my age and she was like, hey, I just got diagnosed with HCM. Um, they want to put a defibrillator in me. I'm so scared. Can you tell me like what it's like? I just see see that you post about it and you flaunt it and you're so grateful for it like I don't know like if I could do that and like the scars and I was like I have been right there and the only thing that you know was like a driving factor was like yes my doctor said I needed it but knowing that it saved Hannah's life I was like well regardless of the scars and stuff and of course you're young and you think of like what are people going to say when they see it and when you're wearing a bathing suit or you're wearing something and they're going to think like what is that like I've had people like say like and then at like um like a get together and then somebody at the end is like is now the right time to like ask you like what's going on right there like what's that thing that's always like sticking out of your side and you're like uh and I don't mind telling them but it's yeah. like don't act like it's something different like you don't see it out in the world but like hearing this girl and then the girl ended up getting the life-saving treatment and getting the defibrillator and embracing it is absolutely so beautiful and we've had other people come to us and that will say like hey I won't ever post about it but I just want to let you know like thank you so much for sharing like your scars and sharing your story I've been able to like accept mine and you're like wow and now it's like only moving forward to hopefully change the standard of beauty and change what people see in the mass media and not like especially little kids like we've had little kids like get bullied about their like heart scars and I don't think that's okay because and it's sad because it's not typical you don't see young people with heart conditions you don't want to talk about it because you don't want to feel like the victim you don't want to feel like like less of a person and then it's invisible yeah. or they do find out about it and then they treat you completely different you're like no I'm still me I just have this other thing to deal with you know yeah absolutely it's um I was fortunate because <laughs> having uh, my first surgery so early on that scar was almost invisible it my body I was so young I was only two months old that it was like a pencil line skin colored pencil line down my chest nobody knew it was there and you know the last surgery 10 years ago is you know I have a, a scar as wide as my pinky and it's this big noticeable scar and I always felt different anyway but now as an adult I'm like damn now I get a scar like now I have to deal with the you know the psychological part of people seeing that and most people are either ignore it or are polite. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm not a little kid. So yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. let them bully me. <laughs> yeah. And it, and people are curious. And like, I think that is up too for me to be like, like, oh, hey, like, you don't have to tell me. But like, I know as somebody like, hey, like, that's part of you. And, it, and I felt that with you. Like, I knew I had the duty to kind of speak out and be it. But like through my whole high school, I felt like I was known as the person who has the heart condition, the girl, the heart condition. That right. was my thing. That was what I was promoting. And then I got to a point where I like got into college um, and just that age of being like a young adult. I mean, I'm still a young adult, but I was like, I don't want that to be the first thing people know about me. I want them to get to know yeah. me and then realize, oh, wow, you're also living with like this deadly heart condition. And it's kind of hard too, because you do feel like a responsibility and like, that's what I felt so nice to have heart charge is to be able to 
have that platform and also like one thing big for us is always being honest about it's not just doing glamour shots to being like I'm smiling but like let's talk about we call it our red and our blue days like our blue days are our bad days where it's like it's too much and it's done and and I think that also helps with like even like my friends who don't have conditions but like have learned through us and through heart charge Mm -hmm. of like the psychological like people don't would you like why would you not think it would deal mentally it would affect you psychologically to have this like condition or like you know to survive death of like how it's not going to play a toll on you but I think people are even more impressed when you're like well you seem so happy and you're smiling and you're like yeah you know I'm, I'm grateful to be here but yeah it's not like I don't have you know problems yeah. because I'm not flaunting it all the time but we we definitely don't like to like shy away from that to be like no this is the honesty of like living with it like yeah there are days where it's like too much or like the doctor tells you something that you're like oh crap like that's right. my future yeah yeah and there's a you know even on your uh, on your red days on your good days it's always on your mind it's there mm-hmm. you're always thinking about it you know so uh just one more question about uh, what is the jolt community? Is that people that have uh, the, the defibrillators? So it's actually, we kind of, it's um, anybody that's kind of touched by a heart condition or touched by what we're doing or have, or has been jolted, as we say, in a way, something that has really changed their life. But from that jolt, they have been able to move forward. So kind of just like a nickname, we kind of gave all of our, our community, like the people, you know, we're all, we all go through things, right? So we're all touched in a certain way. So we, I feel like sometimes you have many jolts. Sometimes you have that really big jolt and that moves you forward and it completely changes your life. But how do you move through it? How do you then live with it with gratitude and move on and, you know, accept it and stuff? So that is, I guess what you would call our joke community. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so now is a part of the show where I'd like to ask you some odd questions. Okay. <laughs> Not ready, but we're ready. You're ready? You're ready. Okay, cool. Where would you like to live uh, anywhere in the world, but uh, you can't pick where you live now? Oh, that's perfect because I don't want to live here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna, there's a lot of options, but I'm gonna go... I would love to live in the UK, like Scotland. I was like privileged to go like three years ago and I fell in love and I will not lie. I mean, COVID, like we can't travel as much. So then I'll see pictures and I'll get like, really like, "Ah, I want to go back. And we just have amazing fans in the UK. And I would just love to be like, yeah, go just live there for a little bit. Yeah. Cool. How about you, Bethany? Ah, that's hard. Um, (laughs) I'm a really big beach person and would love to live on the beach. Um, but I also am obsessed with Paris and okay. just like the whole feel of it. And um, when I was there, I was just like, I could definitely live here for a solid year and probably never get sick of it. But yeah, so I'm between cool. a really good beach place, like living on the beach or Paris. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> So that's funny because I was just going to ask this question. Um, would you rather vacation on the beach or in the mountains, hiking or skiing? Beach, beach, we're, beach. beach. <laughs> we're from Miami. We like the water. Yeah. <laughs> what is your uh, guilty pleasure? Something you're almost embarrassed to <laughs> tell. Oh, 
I watch um, embarrassing is watching like bad TV shows, like cringe, like like shows you're like, are you taking anything? I take okay, I don't watch like I'm in film. I'm a nerd with that, but like I get so maybe a good question. Like I also watch like listen to film history podcasts, which just makes me even sound like a bigger geek. But like that's what I'm <laughs> doing. Like I've been listening to like Turner Classic Movie podcasts, and I'm here All like right. next episode, next episode, and I know people are here like what the f-? yeah. I think that's probably the more embarrassing is that yeah. Okay. Um, I guess my guilty pleasure. Is either Ben and Jerry's milk and cookies flavor. I can eat a whole pint by myself in one <laughs> sitting. Um, and we won't talk about the times that I've drove in just to the grocery store and eaten it in the parking lot um, because I just needed it. <laughs> um, but the other guilty pleasure is I have an obsession with shoes. So um, definitely anytime I had, like even when I was younger, my mom gave into it and I had like a bad death disappointment and my mom would buy me a new pair of shoes. Or like when I got my defibrillator, I got two new pairs of shoes before that surgery. And then my dad bought me more (laughs) shoes after the surgery. So definitely have a thing for shoes. I love shoes. You can't have enough. (laughs) She has a lot of shoes. And I, not as much as her, like I think we all, I don't know where we got it from or like into shoes. But she's like heels, like she's a heels high heel, girl. High heels. And it's like, and then she'd be like, I'm like, oh, I need to buy shoes. And she's like, oh, you want to just buy me a pair since I'm finding these for you, like a finder's fee type thing. And I was like, let me see what they are. And I'm like, don't you have a pair? No, this one has a strap like this. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So, would you like to eat Chinese food or Mexican food? Or just Chinese, Mexican food. Chinese. But I think Chinese, yeah. Yeah. Okay. If I had to only eat that or like right now. <laughs> just which which <laughs> do you like better? Yeah, probably Chinese, yeah. All right. If if you could be any animal, what animal would you be? A liger. I always wanted to be a liger when I was liger. a kid. And they had a liger at our zoo, the mm. Miami shout out to the Miami Metro Zoo. Yeah. And I was like, oh. <gasps> like the two coolest animals like i mean i love tigers like you know but i was like a lion and a tiger yeah so i got to see a liger once it was at uh, a place it's called king richard's fair it's like a medieval times kind of thing and they had uh, you know an area where guy would bring out animals (laughs) and it was a liger it was gigantic oh my gosh um i think i would do kind of always loved like cheetahs i don't know why they're like yeah, fast gonna... but they're like kind of like feminine in a sense like you always mm. see like the more like feminine side and that's definitely me so definitely like yeah so we're going with the cat family here. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be good for hannah uh, what's your favorite movie oh my gosh um, that's too hard <laughs> it'll no, be too hard I'm gonna say mine, but I don't want to be judged on this. Um, oh, okay, <laughs> you know which one mine is Gone Girl. Oh, this, I would say, yeah, oh. that's such a good movie. Gone that is Girl. a good movie. I'm, yeah, I, so I won't say yeah. like I watch it at least like once a month. I've cut back, so I watch like maybe like every three months, but like it's just the movie that I can like just put. It's so good. I don't know why I like it so much, but that's just... the one with Ben Affleck, right? Yeah, yes, and, um, but, I always forget yeah. her name. The... Rosamund Pike, yes, obsessed with her. She's so good. I yeah. mean, it's not like Harry Potter and stuff isn't good, but like Gone Girl is definitely no, it's a, definitely a really good movie. Yeah, Hannah. Oh um favorite movie flip i'm a huge christopher nolan fan so like anything by him 
Um, but I would say one of my favorite movies, oh my gosh. Um, I, I love movie musicals. That's really what made me fall in love with movies. So like Singing in the Rain, um, but like a contemporary, I loved La La Land, like to the point where I saw it like multiple times in theaters, saw the sing-along mm-hmm. version, saw like the live orchestra. People are just thinking how weird we are in this part, which is great. <laughs> know, it's all right. But like, I even went and saw it with like the live orchestra thing, which was like, yeah, but it was that's great. It. it was so that's, good. Yeah, that's so. awesome. That sounds really, really yeah. good. That's a good movie. What is your favorite band or musical artist? I would have to say mine is Lana Del Rey. Yeah, that's one of our fave, like family. I love Lana Del Rey. What superpower do you wish you had? I thought about this and I forgot. Well, we, we're cyborgs in real life since we, you know, we rely right. on. <laughs> but we can add to that superpower. Just sometimes I wish I could teleport. <gasps> Yeah. Just so, like you yeah. could like help more people and like get there faster and like be able to like, visit. And like, I think there's so much to see in the world. So like, how cool would that be? Like, you just like, I helped you or I did this and now I got to go do this like really quick. Yeah, yeah. that'd be very useful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be, yeah, it's like operation. Sorry, Harry Potter nerd. Like, operate. 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 Yeah, that's yeah. Operation, yeah. yeah. Um, like where they could just trans, like that's just yeah, that's just convenient. But if I could have like a fun one, it would be like web slinging like Spider Man. I think that'd be so fun to go through like New York City like that. You know, I'm just swinging around. I wouldn't get as fast as teleportation. But I'll, I'll be swinging through. Yeah, I like it. So if you could visit any time in history, uh, but only to be a fly in the wall, you can't affect anything. Uh, you just there to observe where would you choose I kind of love so I wrote um an article about the roaring 20s about the flappers and I kind of wrote it due to like um how they broke a bunch of rules and how they like wanted to like change the standards of beauty and all of that I'm huge on that and like body positivity and like you know they said goodbye to corsets and we're gonna have fun and live life and I love that um so I definitely would love to like visit the roaring 20s like that era and just to like see I just feel like I was so alive and like just full of lots of fun <laughs> yeah that's cool <laughs> This is the one. This is probably worse. I mean, twenties is. Oh yeah, I love the twenties. It's not a certain time period. Like I love the sixties. I think is my favorite time decade. But I would love to be a fly on the wall, like when Audrey Hepburn was like acting in a movie, like Roman Holland. I love Audrey Hepburn. Mm. I think that would be cool. Like if I could just be a fly on the wall and watch her, or watch the first female director, which is Alice Guy Blaché, like doing her thing. Because like we don't have you know, footage of that. So I think to just observe yeah. something like, yeah, that would be pretty cool to do. Something that is really like cool. That. Yeah. <laughs> so as a, as a film student, mm-hmm. are you uh, like, are you totally obsessed with a certain era or a certain, uh, you know, filmmaker or kind of um, style of film? I mean, there's definitely like things that I've, I love TV a lot. Like I said, I love the like Christopher Nolan. I love Jonathan Nolan. So like Westworld fan here as well. I haven't found that I've because I'm pretty wide open to a lot of stuff. Um, I mean, I'm not as huge as like horror, just because like gore and stuff. Like that's not what I um, like grew up watching either. Or like like mm-hmm. I can't do blood actually, but I'm pretty bad at it. Where I'm like every time I go to take blood, I'm like I'm about to 
God, no. And then they look at me like, oh gosh, really? You're one of those people? I'm like, listen, just if yeah. I'm not going to look at you taking the blood, that's all. We should be good. And sometimes it's like, I'm not even doing anything. It's like, no, I'm good. And then it's like, they pull it out and then I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling really light-headed. Yeah. Um, there's not certain anything, but I am, I think, more attracted, like, with, like, known stuff, like, I like stuff that, not just merely entertainment stuff, like, I'm not, like, a big, like, action, you know, yeah. but, like, when you sit and think about it, and it's really thought out, and, like, I don't know, like, again, I'm, like, one of those nerds who likes when they break down the movie, and they're, like, we did this, like, camera movement to show this and that, and I like the Nolan movies where it's, like, I got to rewatch it and think about it, and those type of movies, I feel like I'm more drawn to in those type of stories that there's a lot more meaning to like the framing and the composition and everything it's funny because i'm i'm looking up christopher nolan now and i can't believe i didn't realize the movies that he's done and he's <laughs> right, done maybe, yeah. What, yeah one of my absolute favorite movies um of all time was his uh interstellar oh right, yeah, yeah such a good so Gosh, good that movie is incredible <laughs> yeah so good i remember watching <laughs> with my oldest brother yeah because he's the one who like yeah my family is like a nolan um like <laughs> fan he's the one like he gave me his inception poster and stuff like, yeah he he like i kind of was already a fan of his without knowing you know and then yeah i had batman was, oh, in my head i didn't realize right, that, you know, right. the and like oh this is the guy who's doing all these movies you like and i'm like oh wow how about you bethany as far as your um what you're doing in school with dance and everything. Is there anything in particular that you really focus on or are obsessed with? <laughs> Heart charged. <laughs> yeah. Um, I spend a lot of time doing that right now. Unfortunately, due to COVID kind of dance jobs and such are limited. Um, so been focusing a lot of time kind of on that realm and just like the behind the scenes kind of work that you have to keep up with, like having a nonprofit and such. Um, but really cool, like, I don't know if this really answers your question, but recently Hannah and I just um, produced our own music video that's about to be cool. released this week. Um, and we worked with a really, I don't know if you know the Wiggles. Yeah. The children's <laughs> okay. yeah. So um, Greg Page, the original Yellow Wiggle, had sudden cardiac arrest and he... Oh had four songs that kind of teach about the steps of to sudden cardiac arrest survival and reached out to Hannah and I and said, Hey, do you guys want to um, like produce a music video to the song or whatever? And we're like, we'd love to have that opportunity, like show you what we can do. Um, you've probably seen on our page, we do like all our content is our own, you know, we make it. So we just, what was it two weekends ago? Um, yeah. Put on a music video with like 50 plus people. Wow. Um, really cool. We can't wait for you guys to see it. So, but that was really fun. And I got to like bring back my choreography and I got to bring, I got to work with dancers again. And that was really cool. And I was obsessed with the whole process of that. So Really yeah, that's fun. pretty cool. That's awesome. Did you contribute a lot, uh, uh, <laughs> Hannah, about oh, as far as like the, the film part of it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I got to direct it and edit it, oh, awesome. um, which, I, which I enjoyed a lot. And then all my friends from like school, I like put on as the crew and stuff. So it was really... It was nice and like they also encouraged like in school like to do stuff outside but like yeah. I think that's what the blessing of Heart Church is that like I still can do my passion for filmmaking through this and be able to spread with a message and like having it all thought out so and it was something that we planned for a long time and we had some ups and downs with people like pulling out on us so right. we definitely got the whole full like filming experiencing but to mm -hmm. be able to have like people 
so many people behind us too and to be able for me to like direct that many people and do it it was a lot of fun yeah that must have been a good experience for you oh, of yeah. course if you could have a uh, coffee or lunch with with anybody living or dead who, who would you uh, want to hang out with audrey hepburn um, yeah. <laughs> If I wouldn't know this question, I would have, yeah, saved it, yeah. Um, like, <laughs> what would I choose? Is there anybody who would, like, oh, I want to say me? <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm just, I, that's how you can tell the end of the spectrum here. Is there's Audrey Hepburn, me, and then Leonardo, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm, like, trying to think who I'd want to. Kit Harrington, that's what she Actually, meant to say. <laughs> Kit Harrington, oh, my gosh, yeah. If I could have lunch one more time. Or again, it would be with my grandma. You make me seem like definitely. <laughs> I just like I just wish she could see us now. And yeah, like and right. like yeah. just, like catch her up on everything. Definitely. If I could like choose somebody in this moment of time, it'd definitely be her. And I'd be like, don't leave. This is gonna be the longest lunch ever. I have so much to tell right. you. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's really nice. <laughs> Hannah's upset. She's like, damn it. It's not what she wants. <laughs> Do you believe in ghosts? Do I believe in ghosts? <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was we went to Savannah, Georgia. And right. I remember there was like, and it's like a ghost, like there's ghost tours and stuff. My favorite is when they're like, there's this woman hanging. And then you go during the daytime and it's like a mannequin with a wig in the window. <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, the magic, it's gone. Um <laughs> but there was like a picture and then there's like something in the back and you're like oh, oh yeah we were yeah. at like this pirate's tavern and yeah. we took a photo and then there was like a blue like blurb outline of like a person and they were like oh that was the pirate ghost that used to haunt the tavern halls or something like that <laughs> whatever I don't know I guess <laughs> I like still believe like people are like watching over you and like you can feel them you know what I mean but yeah. Okay. I think like they, their I spirit. Think like the, yeah. I think the ghosts look like um, the Mario <laughs> King Boo. King Boo. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is funny. <laughs> if you just turn the corner and you saw him like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, what is your favorite part of uh, of your journey so far with Heart Charged? And I know, I know you, you have a lot of things in the works and you're, you don't yeah. plan on stopping, but um, is there any one thing that stands out in your mind that you were so happy that it happened? I think yeah. it's just connecting with people. I think I felt it a lot in that sense of like, when I posted my video, which I got shocked on stage in 2017. So it's been a few years. Um, and then we, um, I put it out there again on like, like more shared it on the, internet and just within like a few days like two people ended up getting shocked by their implanted defibrillator and because they wow. had watched my video they knew that they had gotten shocked like one of our good friends who we met shout out to charlie nordoff um because he'll probably listen to this because he's like yeah we love him he's awesome um and he ended up getting shocked in bed like just watching a movie with his wife and his wife they just watched the video and his wife like saw him and was like, I think you just got shocked by your defibrillator because wow. she had saw my video. And like, that just meant like, that's what we did this for is like, that's made me grateful that I experienced that not only for my own personal, like understanding of it, but that it could then help somebody else. And that was the whole reason of why, like, why I feel so privileged to do this. And like, so that whole concept of like, 
being able to go through it, but have people that now I can relate to because I've been through that hardship of the journey, I think. And to be able to have like that has been a standout for me. I think for me, and I think it goes back to, um, we were able to accomplish something that we wanted to do um, with like care packages for other heart patients. So that was really cool to see that come to life. Um, We definitely have some big things in like the works that we can't wait and we hope that we get to accomplish. But I think the biggest thing was just like, the people we've met and even though most of them we haven't met face to face um just like how much they've become like really close friends to us and like how amazing it is to get to like meet all of them and even though it's virtually like you just feel like this amazing connection and so close and that has just been a true blessing and highlight for sure oh that's awesome so you guys give a lot of advice i've noticed <laughs> you know or uh you know you you put um, <clears throat> you put yourselves out there a lot Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, uh, what advice could you give someone uh, in regards to like their heart health even if they don't have anything wrong with them or potentially could <laughs> um i always like to say it's like you know your body best and if you feel uncomfortable like go check it out also go see a specialist because your general physician doesn't know like if you feel something like hey there's something wrong with my throat like of course see your physician and hopefully they would recommend you to somebody Mm. um but like our physician didn't even think we had heart problems and if we would have listened to him i would have been dead so you know like there's you have to take that with a grain of salt but um just like knowing your body and also fighting for like if you don't like your doctor and you obviously have like the resources to move doctors and stuff like we are like privileged to have a bunch of different doctors but obviously with like insurances and stuff like it only there's like you sometimes are limited to but like if your doctor's not hearing you like get a new one like that's probably the most important is you want somebody who's gonna listen to you and take you seriously and really understand what you're going through um I agree with Hannah just like know your body really really well and um I think nobody is the same and so what works for somebody might not work for you but always be open to listen to advice and listen to like what somebody has because there's been so many times that um you just are like talking to somebody and then you try what they have to say and you're like oh wow that worked for me too or oh it wasn't didn't feel the same but definitely just be like open to like listen and be available for other people to like lean on you too but the big thing is just like be open to learning and listening and advice I think is huge so how can people contact you if uh if they want to talk to you they want to join you and your journey <laughs> yeah um our, we're huge on instagram so if you would please follow us on instagram of course we're always answering our messages on there um and that's kind of like where we are as the best way to reach us we yeah. have a facebook page but like we, we don't really a, know facebook we have a website which is gethardcharged.org and, and you can so always you, email yeah, us if you if you're not on instagram and you want to shoot us an email we like we said like we have notifications. It is us answering our DMs, like, and yeah. we enjoy it. Like, we don't mind staying up till like three o'clock in the morning talking about like weird pains in your chest. Like, you know, like that's yeah. that's the whole part of this community is like we want you to feel like we're your friends, and because we are, like, we want that to be that like direct approach that you can contact us. Um, so yeah, we would love if anybody would love to contact us or ask us any questions or anything. Cool. I want to thank you guys for joining me today. Thank uh, you. It was really so nice for having us. You. <laughs> thank, yeah, you. thank you. 
So there you have it. That was uh, Hannah and Bethany of Heart Charged. What do you think? They were great, full of information. Go check out them on Instagram, Heart Charged. Uh, they do a lot of great stuff for the uh, community, just a lot of outreach, a lot of uh, communication with other people that have heart issues, and uh, it's good. It's a good place for people to go to connect. Uh, they do a lot of uh, good in that heart community, and uh, you can tell they really believe in what they're doing, and they're really committed. Uh, thank you for listening today. Make sure to check out the Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook accounts. Go to oddpeoplepodcast.com for info about the show and to buy merchandise. Uh, there are a couple of things going on during the month of February. All profits from t-shirt sales are going to be donated to the American Heart Association. And I made a bunch of prints. I'm calling them um, skull hearts. <laughs> where it's a, a heart with a skull in it. It's really just a thank you card, basically, for anybody who wants to buy them. So buy a print for $11. $10 from each print will be donated as, uh, as well. And to top it all off, uh, I'm going to match all the proceeds uh, with my own hard-earned money. So get yourself a T-shirt. If you don't want a T-shirt, buy yourself a print. If you don't want to do either and you still want to donate, go to uh, heart.org and donate to the American Heart Association or whatever donated, <laughs> whatever donation you want to do to anywhere. It doesn't matter. Boston Children's Hospital is another uh, good one. I've been there twice under their care. So that's what I got going on for the month of February. Uh, thank you for listening. Like I always say, I hope you tune in next time. Stay creative, stay heart healthy, and as always, stay odd. Uh-huh.